Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Bonus 64. This is the show where we're talking about any game for any system. Really, it's 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 up to uh, the, the largesse of our very uh, uh, cool patrons who decide to join in at our top tier on patreon.com slash ultra64pod, pick a game for us to talk about, and then they join us to talk about it. That's a really complicated way of explaining this I, pretty basic concept. Our, our li- we give our listeners so many bonus episodes. We're like the Donkey Kong Country 2 of podcasts. <laughs> like Every level is just full of little secret tunnels and like holes you can fall down and cannons that you shoot you through walls. Got to get those sweet, sweet DK coins. Absolutely. Maybe if you uh, string together enough of these bonus episodes, you get to a lost world of podcasting. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I have hidden uh, one piece of a secret code in every one of our episodes. Mm -hmm. So I think all of you have no choice but to just go download every single episode and listen to them to try and solve the mystery of uh, Ultra 64 slash Wii Universe. Yeah, and then you can pay uh, Clubba Bubba to let you into the next level of the Lost <laughs> World. That was his name, right? I don't know. I just remember he Clubba had a big Bubba spiked... Clubba Bubba was Yoshi, I think. Oh, he had Maybe. a big spiked club and he would hit you with it. Okay, yeah, sounds like a cool dude. Well, yeah. my name is Steve Guntling. <laughs> Hi, I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh Today we are not talking about Donkey Kong Country 2. Shocking as what, that might seem. Next patron, make us play that. I love yes, that game. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, but in fact, we are going to be playing the game Metroid Dread, which I'm very well, just to be to clear, about. we already played it. We already played it. That's we all true. Had a, we're we not, all had a we're, we're not nice currently time. playing. Yeah, we're not starting right now. That'd be a bit of an awkward <laughs> This is going to be a live audio playthrough of Metroid Dread. Okay, guys, I'm in a room. There's some, like, there's a door on one end and some enemies on top. And where do I go? <laughs> that would be a real challenging game. That would be a tough one. That'd be a tough one. Uh, but here to join us and help us with this live walkthrough of this game that we're going to complete in... Tw- eight to ten hours uh <laughs> is our our patron our special guest joshua weber welcome back joshua how are you oh i'm doing great it's good to be back i've been looking forward to this for a while i'm happy that you guys were actually able to fit me into the schedule i know things have been a little oh, hectic, absolutely but... yeah no i appreciate you be- uh, bearing with us as we kind of uh, navigate all of the different scheduling snafus that we have we have a lot of podcasts that we do but, uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. a little hard to keep track of it all but we're excited to be talking about this with you today uh, before we get started, I do want to ask, why did you choose Metroid Dread? I, I chose it specifically because of the Metroid series that you guys did on Patreon. Oh, amazing. Um, I, I think I, I mentioned it last time, but you two were the reason that I went back and I played Super Metroid. Mm. I, I played other Metroidvanias. I started with Hollow Knight, which I think is just a, a perfect mm-hmm. game. Absolutely love it. And then, you know, I got into the genre bloodstained whatever and then i listened to your podcast on super metroid you just praise upon Mm -hmm. praise uh with that game and so i thought okay i'll stop the podcast i won't finish it i won't know how it ends i paused it i went and i played it and i don't think i put it down yeah for the entire time that i played it it was just that addictive um and so that was a a couple months ago that was before dread came Mm. out i believe or right around the same time um and so that just got me super pumped um, for this next Metroid game. Um, and I thought it's a perfect way to end out that Metroid series. You didn't get to get it That's you know, true. We, we in did, time, we, so let's let's put it yeah, out now. We finished that series like right around the same time Dread was announced. And yeah, like, I can't remember if it was before or after, but it was like almost... It, it, it wasn't was that long right until Dread came out. Yeah, so we did uh, on, on Ultra 64 uh, DD, which is our Patreon show, we did a full deep dive into the games of Metroid. It was a four-episode uh, series. We played all of them. That, that aired in July, I believe. And, uh, you know, with these games, when we're running through these series, sometimes we'll just do like an hour or two, you know, just to get a taste of the game and then move on. Because usually we're playing like a bunch of games in a row. Metroid... I had a hard time tearing myself away from, like, half of them. Yeah, I beat, like, <laughs> the first five Metroid games we played. Like, I, beat, I beat many of them. Yeah. They were out of order, but I beat once, Super Metroid. I beat uh, both Game Boy Advance ones. I beat Prime. Yeah, once we got into th- uh, the 3D. Other M? I yeah, got pretty far in Other yeah. M, but I had to give up eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think we both agreed that, A, Metroid games are great. Yes. And, B, Super Metroid is the unquestioned highlight of the series it's even. the goat it's yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. even though yeah. we it's a space goat yeah but it was really probably the best overall series that we've played just in terms of even quality even wise quanti- quality to the game there wasn't even other m which has some real stinky parts mm-hmm. is still probably a decent game overall um and so yeah we were pretty excited to when metroid dread came out and 
I guess we'll talk about now if it lived up to that excitement. It is telling that, like, we played, uh, I think, like, 12 Metroid games in a row, and then Metroid Dread got announced, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, put it in my veins. I'm ready for more. (laughs) Yeah, give me more. Like, I should have been burnt out. Like, a lot of these series, when I play through, it's like, okay, I don't need to look at Tony Hawk again for another couple years. I'm good there. Don't need to play another James Bond. But Metroid, I was like, yes, yes, right away. I want to get back into this world because... Something that really surprises me about these games that I love. Um, I recently went back, I played through all the Resident Evils, and I played through all the Bioshocks, and I've been playing through kind of series of games that I love. All Every single game, without fail, when you get maybe four-fifths of the way through, you think, you could cut this yeah. down. Yeah. There's something that you could cut away here. There's something that, like, I, I love this game, I'm having a blast, but one of these sections is too long. And when it comes to these Metroid games, and... I'll be honest, I love Metroid Dread. It's yeah. the same. I don't feel that no. way. Like, this is one of the games where I'm actually left, like, I want more. I wish there it's was true. more. It's they're, true. They're lean in me. Every one of these is, like, 5 to 15 hours. 15 would probably be, like, some of the uh, prime games. They're the longest, but they're they're still right. incredibly addictive and digestible, and you'll kind of, like, run through them pretty quickly, you know, Ooh. before you even realize. I think that's a really smart observation, Joshua, just in terms of the way this game sort of spoon-feeds you new abilities. Like, I've been playing Elden Ring, which is something that, so far at the beginning, has felt fairly grindy. Mm. But it is this weird feeling, because people are like, oh, how's Elden Ring? And I'm like, I don't know. I've only played it for 10 hours. Right. I'm not really, like, <laughs> I'm not really understanding. I haven't really not, gotten a taste yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really in it. And I feel like the Metroid games are that same kind of thing, but to a much more condensed logical way like at the beginning you're like oh this game is fun to play and then you know it sort of progressively gets more interesting and then by the time you get the screw attack and the space jump you're like this is awesome yeah and it totally sort of changes the vibe of the game to stay interesting the whole way through yeah right well let's jump in let's start talking about this game this is metroid dread released october 8th 2021 developed by mercury steam and published by nintendo this is a switch exclusive it will someday be ported to the ultra switch though i'm sure that's (laughs) that's in that's in development it's uh the size of your face so yeah like i said for those who haven't listened to patreon we did a whole deep dive of the series uh and even with that many metroid games in a row i was still pretty pumped and uh so dread was first announced as a direct sequel to uh, the Game Boy Advance game Metroid Fusion, which mm-hmm. came out in 2002. Like, uh, that was kind of a nice little Metroid renaissance year. We got Fusion and Prime a few months apart. Or, no, same day, actually. Yeah. I think they were same day. Uh, so we got some two pretty stellar Metroid experiences on that same day. And also, for a little more context, like, the last Metroid game that came out was Federation Force? Yeah, which... 2016, yeah, I think, and is it went totally under Quite old and is not really a Metroid game. It's kind of, it's right, especially not in the continuity of how Metroid games go or what you would call the story. Yeah. It's not It's not yeah, there. It neither, it's like, remember it, your favorite characters from Metroid? You know, the uh, <laughs> nameless soldiers you see once in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption? My boys. Yeah, exactly. My the, boys. The crew. Yeah, it's neither a Metroid game in terms of lore nor in terms of how it plays. So, no. like, I think it's safe to say everyone was kind of champing at the bit for uh, something new yeah. slash familiar. Yeah, most most definitely. And like, you know, Metroid Fusion is is a it's an odd beast because that is where the game kind of pivots more into sort of like a horror arena. It never fully goes there, but that's kind of where they're really leaning into the scariness of it. Like I would argue that Super Metroid is a scary game, but it doesn't it's not designed as a horror game, but just the sense of isolation and loneliness. That right. You get. The the tone, the music, yeah. the isolation, um, and uh, just like, yeah, again, the tone, I think, is the strongest point there. It, it is scary. Yeah. It is kind of frightening to to explore on your own. The ghost ship was terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love the ghost ship. Yeah, so I agree it, there. I think yeah. that Super Metroid, honestly, is the scariest Metroid game. Because yeah. one thing that I remember is even though Metroid Fusion kind of puts these horror elements into it, like Samus is kind of emaciated from this X-Virus yeah. um, and, you know, is being chased by this super-powered clone of herself. Like, since you're... The, the weakness of Fusion is you have this kind of commander and sort of waypoint station who's always just jibber-jabbering at you and telling you the next place to go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's never quite that feeling of mystery or loneliness that yeah. like super metroid does of like i have no idea what's at this area 
Yeah, right. yeah, and and this one has that same issue with the very talkative computer, but I think it's a little easier to navigate. Yeah, around. this this one I think works to find the right balance because yeah. Metroid Fusion is a is a very fun game, a good yeah. Metroid game, but I think kind of struggles in that regard of maybe for those who like really like the kind of lost feeling of Metroid and yeah. having to explore and solve problems on your own. That game's a little handholdy. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Sure. That's how I describe so it. And so this, as kind of a sequel to that, I think has a has a job of being like, all right, how do we take the things that worked from Fusion and the cool inclusions of that, and sort of fix some of the things that are a little more frustrating about it? Yeah. the The two big elements to take away from Fusion one is the X Parasite, which is kind of this shape shifty kind of weird little gigantic germ that uh, Samus is the only person in the universe who has an immunity to it because she has some <laughs> Metroid DNA. The other important thing is the SAX, which is the uh, X version of Samus Aran. It's like a shape-shifty clone of her that through multiple points throughout Fusion, she'll just start like chasing you. She'll start stalking you down. You can't fight her. You can't do anything. You just have to escape. And uh, Yoshio Sakamoto, who is the uh, producer of the Metroid series from way, way back, he wanted the new game to capture the quote-unquote dread of those sections uh, of that that feeling of feeling of being uh, powerless. Because say what you will about Samus, she's rarely powerless. She's wearing a suit made out of guns. You know, it's it's pretty <laughs> right. hard to like uh, uh, put a scare into her. So it's she, she's attacked by swooping yeah. birds, yeah. and usually she comes out she on. She has the usually, ability yeah. to do lightning flips. Yes, so. I I lost that ability when I turned twenty five, and yeah. I feel really sad about that. You know, you got to <laughs> hold on to it, kids. Hold on to that lightning flip ability. You can still transform into a ball. Yeah, I still can't. I've kept I got that, a few more but... years of that. Yeah, yeah, luckily. Uh, yeah, that's how it starts is you transform into a... First you transform... You lose your ability to jump as a ball. Uh-huh. And then you lose your ability to be a ball altogether <laughs> and you just have to slide. Yeah. Um, what I'm was different... the sliding into old age. ...about Metroid Fusion and those sort of um, set modes of the Samus clone chasing you was there was only a set pattern of how you could escape. You just yeah. had to follow a very direct path and just kind of run. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, they've replaced this sort of uh, chasing thing with these robots. Yeah, yeah. Called Emmys. Emmys, yeah. Uh, E-M-M-I-S, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, Modern Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. And the <laughs> environments that these guys are chasing you around, is a, they're a little more wide open. So there's yeah. a few, you have a little more choice in how you're going to avoid these guys, which I think is... Cool as a starting place for this game, yeah. But I think is the worst part of this game. Okay, all yes. right. I mean, is the chase you? You don't like the chase? No, as much? I don't. And I'll get in. I'll get into okay. it in a little bit. Well, but, we'll, we'll get yeah. into it. The other the other thing worth mentioning too is that the game Metroid Zero Mission uh, has a lengthy stealth section at the end of that game as well, which sort of pre presages this. I think they're doing pretty different things, but that game actually has you like hiding in shadows and like not able to use your weapons. So But again, that is also fairly scripted. Like, it is. there's very precise areas right. you're supposed to be hiding so the guys won't see you. Yeah. So uh, Sakamoto, he's been trying to get Metroid Dread off the ground since 2005. I'd kind of forgotten that this is like a total development hell game. Oh, like, wow. This was, this was lost for years and years and years. Uh, so it was originally going to be developed for the DS. Uh, production started and stopped multiple times on that. Uh, and the project eventually fell into development hell because Sakamoto was never quite happy with the tone or with the villains. But the project was kept alive through rumors and Easter eggs. If you played through to the end of Metroid Prime 3... Uh, in 2007, there's a, a teaser at the very end of the end credits that says, uh, Experiment Status Report Update, Metroid Project Dread is nearing the final stages of completion. So that was 14 years before <laughs> we actually got this game. They were still talking I, about I it. I had forgotten all about I that. I had too, and then I read this researching, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I remember that. I was like, I was primed all the way back then for a game called Metroid Dread. You were Metroid primed. I was Metroid primed. I was Metroid <laughs> pumped, and I was Metroid primed. So Sakamoto uh, was asked about the game again in an interview in 2010. Uh, a lot of people were speculating that Metroid Other M was actually Metroid Dread and it had turned into this, but he denied mm-hmm. that. He said Dread is going to be a different game. Um, but he said if likely if it's going to move forward, the team would need to start from scratch because they had a 2009 prototype for the DS that he was not happy about, so he just threw away all the work on that. So by 2011, media outlets had already started to write this game off. Uh, this game was featured in an IGN listicle called uh, "Games You Will Never Ever Play," <laughs> and uh, they were they were right about most of those. Like we never did play the game Sadness. 
Everybody remember sadness, the, the game about being sad. I don't remember. I mean, depending. <laughs> no, that's, I, I, I play that every day. <laughs> exactly. Depending on how things yeah, are going in your life, that's every game. It's an immersive VR experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Metroid series itself was kind of at a low ebb. You know, uh, Other M did pretty poorly as a sales and as a, a critical thing. Like fans weren't really happy with it. Nobody was really happy with that game. And there was a 3DS spinoff game called Federation Force that uh, was pretty much buried. Yeah. And uh, Metroid Prime 4 has been rumored for more than a decade and still remains a question mark uh, to a large degree. But then fortunes started to turn a little bit for the series in 2017. Okay, so yeah, yeah there so is yeah, I apologize. I, I said that Federation too. Force was the yeah. most recent, which is not true. I, I forgot returns. it. Yeah, uh, so Spanish developer Mercury Steam, they were hired oh, to right. develop a yeah. 3DS remake of Metroid 2 called Metroid Samus Returns. And this game was hailed as a, a nice return to form. It's it's very slick. It's very polished. It's a 2D side-scrolling Metroid game like people like. But it added a couple of cool new features like counter moves and being able to aim in 360 de- uh-huh. directions. Like, and, and kind of a 2.5, like it has a 3D graphical style. Yeah. Um, and it kind of refines right. the gameplay of Metroid 2, which was like interesting, but a little opaque and a little, uh, a little you know. I, it I was think very easy to get lost. Samus Returns needs like 10% brighter colors or mm-hmm. something. It's just kind of a little bit of a drab-looking game, I mean, but it plays great. I mean, I think it is telling that, like, all three of us kind of forgot that game existed, mm-hmm. even though it's the most right. recent Metroid game. And I think, like, a, a perfectly fine Metroid game... It is, yeah. It's just it kind of due to the art style and setting that it takes place on of this Metroid home planet, it ends up feeling very, very drab. Yeah. And nothing, nothing very memorable occurs in that game. Well, Even no, it and it's fun it's, to play, and it's a remake too. It's the second remake we've gotten of a Metro game, so it's already it uh, that that just always feels less special to me, you know. Yeah, it, it's stepping on itself. <clears throat> yeah, more than progressing the story, mm-hmm. it's kind of just not backtracking because it, it does add a lot of nice mobility. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know, it's it's easier to approach for new yeah. players who have never played it before. But yeah, it doesn't really feel new. No. Or it, it does feel like a lot of the kind of gameplay choices that are made in that game are carried over nicely into Dread. Yeah. Yes. And it did seem to signal like a return to form, uh, you know, and the game sold well. It was critically uh, well received. And so they kind of moved forward with this team on Metroid Dread. And in, in early 2021, Nintendo finally announced that Dread was, in fact, real and was coming to the Switch Dread in just a few real. short months. And they also confirmed that Metroid <laughs> Prime 4 is actually still happening, but we still have not seen any images of that. But they did reiterate, yes, Retro is working on this. It is coming. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, So like Samus Returns, this game was shown as kind of a traditional 2D Metroidvania experience with some scary-looking new robot enemies. And the game debuted in October of last year and was kind of a surprising huge hit. Uh, this is the best-selling right. Metroid game uh, by a wide wow. margin. And it's still going. It's only six months out, you know, so it's still got some room to grow. But, uh, yeah, this this is like four million copies and counting, and uh, that's more than most of the Metroid games combined. So that's wow, pretty great. I mean, it is the Metroid they, game that has been on, like, Nintendo's top-selling console. Yeah, so absolutely. That, and, that helps. and just generally the amount of... You know, like the the rule of thumb is the amount of people who buy video games now is much higher than it was in the early two thousands or certainly right. the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they you know, the numbers keep going up, but that does really show a level of interest in the Metroid series. Which is great. And I yeah. think that this game is a really nice fit for the Switch because I think Metroid feels at home on a handheld console since mm-hmm. there's usually not too much you have to pay attention to, but also is nice to see on a big screen where you can kind of get your bearings and navigate and see all the little nooks and crannies that you may have missed. Yeah. Joshua, did you play this primarily handheld or uh, on a screen? I I, I switched back and forth. Um, When I first played it, when it came out, I was definitely more on the big Uh screen. I had my nice, you know, pro controller. I enjoyed it because that's also how I played, honestly, Metroid uh, or Super Metroid. Was just on the Nintendo Switch throwback yeah. library. Yeah, oh, makes me so happy. Um, to think so about. it felt great there. But to I, I've recently been traveling a lot. I travel for mm-hmm. work, and so I just uh, in preparation for this, you know, I, I replayed it again. I loved playing yeah. it again, um, and yeah, it feels wonderful on just the handheld mode. It's bright, it's vibrant. You can see everything you need yeah. to see. It it controls super well. I mean, obviously, that's my favorite part about that. Mm-hmm. And we'll, 
talk about it but yeah handheld mode is just it's it's for, for those for yeah. those uh not watching the video feed right now because it doesn't exist um <laughs> joshua did the uh the chef's kiss sign <laughs> mamma mia yeah, yeah spicy yeah. meatball I it's, believe a spi- it's, it's a this, yep. the spicy yep. meatball that was not properly communicated. Yeah. Right. Was, uh, I'll, next time I'll just say spicy yeah, exactly. meatball after my sentence. It's just code. We're just going to integrate that for something being good is spicy meatball. <laughs> it's it's spice. way more efficient than saying good. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. I, I played it primarily in handheld as well, but this is kind of the most cinematic uh, Metroid has been in a while as well. Like we get voiced cutscenes we get samus gets a voice for the first time samus, samus speaks, speaks yeah much like garbo laughing well samus, samus spoke speaks. in metroid other m and it was very That's irritating right yeah she had like so. this kind of uh, uh that that was the problem yeah. here i think they she just kind of speaks like gibberish language in this right like she she kind of has a like an alien dialect that she speaks in. well that's because she's talking that to correct? chozo right right yeah steve how yeah, would it feel if you me. were a chozo and somebody referred to your spoken <laughs> language as gibberish language i let me sincerely apologize to all the chozo and chozo american listeners yeah. that we have out there I, I sincerely apologize <laughs> yeah. for my insensitivity <laughs> send us send us free space jumps yes Wait, yes please sponsor our podcast <laughs> please do <laughs> Yeah, so uh, story-wise, this this is the most recent in the Metroid chronology, which means it directly follows Metroid Fusion. Uh, and the basic plot here is that the Galactic Federation has learned that the X-Parasite may be present on a remote planet called ZDR. And uh, knowing that they can't really send any people down there to fight these things, they developed seven high-tech androids called Extraplanetary, extraplanetary Multiform Mobile Identifiers, or EMIs, to locate and eradicate the remaining parasites. However, pretty much immediately, they lose contact with these advanced new robots, and so they reach out to Samus Aran, the bounty hunter who is the only person in the galaxy with an immunity to X to investigate. And when she arrives, she's attacked by a Chozo warrior who kind of uh, uh, gives her... They they describe... All right, every Metroid game needs a moment at the beginning where she's super powerful, but she has to undergo some kind of accident to lose all her powers. The the famous Samus wall slam. The wall slam that wipes exactly. the Exactly, every yep. time. Like, something has to happen. This time they refer to it as, like, your suit has amnesia or something like that. It's a, <laughs> But basically, she loses this fight with this mysterious warrior who is a Chozo, who uh, was long thought dead. This whole species has been thought to be extinct Have for a little bit. Have we never seen a Chozo? Like, obviously, the Chozo are those statues that hold your items. Yeah. But right. we never seen one as sort of a moving, fighting entity until now? No, this is the first time we've seen them alive. Um, yeah, and, and the mythology gets a little confusing about the Chozo chozo because initially is that this is an ancient civilization from hundreds of years ago they've been dead since before recorded history but then it's been like revised a little bit by the time zero mission came out so that samus was actually raised by the chozo and then they were exterminated by like space pirates so they are still they're all extinct one way or the other but like they were more current and so i think this is going off of that um but yeah so there is this mysterious chozo warrior beats the crap out of her takes all of her powers and pretty soon after that, uh, Samus is exploring the planet, and she en- encounters her first Emmy. And these uh, robots have become corrupted, and they're big and mean and scary, and they will spike you right through the face without even asking if they can. Uh, which is they, they have their own theme their music, own theme which music. is pretty impressive. Like they have black and white like kind of uh, in- environments, which always kind of puts me on edge. Um, yeah, so now she's just got to destroy all these Emmys, uh, eradicate the X, find out the truth of her lineage, and probably blow up a planet. Lots of stuff. Yeah. So, we, I mean, I think the the biggest place to start here is that this is a Metroid game. Yeah. And True. Mm-hmm. it feels like Metroid. Like, that That in the sense... I, I think that they've almost always nailed that. Like, I don't yeah. think there's been a... Maybe, I mean, Metroid Other M, maybe. But yeah. I don't think there's ever been a Metroid game that doesn't feel pretty good. Yeah. And doesn't feel the right. way you want Samus to feel. And that's why Other M was just such an extra disappointment, despite the things that that game does well. Like, the controls feel kind of cumbersome. Yeah. And that's, that should never be mm-hmm. your go-to in a Metroid game. And I think that this is probably the smoothest controlling Metroid game. Like, this game, yeah. like I think Joshua said this... Um, it's it's a real spicy meatball to control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it takes those things that felt smooth about using the circle pad on the 3DS yeah. and puts it on a much more comfortable console. Yes, like, yes. I, I, mm-hmm. I think the way Samus moves in the 3DS one is good. I just, it kind of hurts my thumb to move with that circle pad. 
Yeah. You don't like controlling Samus with a yeah, nub. Exactly. You're, you're not pro nub well, Samus. Just to be clear, we're pro nub a lot of things. Just oh, not, yeah. not pro nub Samus. <laughs> we're both on the record. We want every face button replaced with a nub. Yeah. Like on yeah. every console exactly. from now on. We want oops all nubs. Um that's oops, that's all what nubs. we that's what we demand Congress get on it. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, um, I, I agree. With, with that Oh, go ahead. I oh I was just gonna say, uh it's I think it's the best feeling and the animation is so impressive yeah. when you're running around, when you're clinging in walls, when you're, it feels so fluid, it feels so responsive. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. Um, not only the, the control, but the way that you perceive Samus following whatever you're having her do is just so impressively detailed. Yeah. Um, every, everything that she does, the way that she moves just looks so fluid like like you're controlling it and i'm very impressed i mean that. it's it's really effective design too because so much of this game is based around being chased by things that you cannot defend yourself against and so it's very important for all of these move sets to flow and they really do i mean you can go from like a slide into a jump to grab a ledge and then wall bounce off a couple things like y you always feel like you have options which is uh pretty fantastic um yeah, for the most part, this plays like Metroid that you know it is just kind of a big empty map that you need to explore. You find new items or suits or weapons to help you advance into new sections. And a lot of these items are pretty familiar. We know the morph ball. We know the, the power bombs, all that. A couple of new things we get here are the spider magnet, which lets you adhere to certain points in the environment. Uh, like, it's kind of like a grappling hook. Well, no, that's that's for the blue surface walls. Right. Like, yeah. I so mean, it's, it, right. And you can grapple to you them. Can. Eventually, yeah. but yeah, it's just kind of like a wall. It's a nice, um, simple addition. Like you know, the original Metroid Two had the spider ball, yeah, where you could sort of climb anywhere, right. and then they tried to figure out a way to integrate that into Prime. And the weird thing about that is it would just open up so much of the levels and kind of like slow you down that they had to figure out, all right, let's just make it at a set area. So I think they've come out with a good solution here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the Phantom Cloak is another new item that helps you pass through certain doors, and you can go invisible for a brief period if you need to evade an Emmy. Uh, there's a Flash Shift, which helps you teleport through certain walls by kind of double tapping. Which I, is very fun, yeah. but I always forget that I have it. Yes, Even though me it's too. very useful to fight bosses with. There are a few... There, There's a lot of abilities in this game. I love this game, but there are a few that I forget. Like, if I come back and start playing this a month you know, with a month break, I forget I can turn yeah. invisible. Yeah. I forget I can phase. Yeah, clone. yeah, because a lot of these only come into effect in very certain areas. But, and, and it's usually like right after you get the power. It's like you yeah. get the ability to turn invisible, and then there's a door that has a sensor that you need to turn invisible to go. Yeah, over. right. It's it's the water temple. Now you've got a grappling. Yeah, thing. yeah. Or the fire temple. You've got a hammer. You'll never see exactly. it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do. I I don't think I don't have a problem with any of these abilities, but I do think that there might be a little too many of them like because hmm. some of them are just not quite explored to the degree that you want like you get ice missiles and like ice was a pretty essential component of the early metroid games where yeah. you could use things as mm -hmm. platforms and here you get ice missiles maybe you know half of the way through the game and you're just like yeah like so whatever like now i just have to spend another shot to kill enemies with missiles yeah <laughs> like it doesn't right. feel like a very exciting upgrade but you forget about the 10 fiery plants on the map. Mm. How are you going to deal right. with those? I always forget about them fiery yeah. plants. <laughs> they are some spicy meatballs. I've, I've heard that said about them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I didn't have too much of a problem. I think yeah, with like the phase shift, correct me if I'm wrong, don't you double tap the, the analog stick in no, that I direction? Just, or is it... Maybe you can, but I, I just press jump and A. You oh, jump and A. Press A, a okay. in a direction. Yeah. I was remember. I don't. Know. Yeah, and you can do it twice. You can do. You can like face shift. Face okay, shift. that's. That, I think maybe that's, that's what I was I think you're getting it. axiom. You're getting your axiom bird. That's it. With that's your Metroid it. Yeah. Yep. There's also. I did find that occasionally this game gets a little hand bendy. Yeah. Like because you have the ability, like your left trigger allows you to aim in all directions. Your right bumper, you know, equips missiles, and your right trigger equips the grappling hook. Mm -hmm. And so I, there was occasional times where I really had to think about where my trigger fingers were at any given time or the the storm missile yeah. when you you know you have to aim with the missiles locked down and then release yeah, it. yeah. it's like i yeah, couldn't I remember if i had to be holding my beam or holding the missile lock yeah and it also gets very wonky when um well let's talk about the emmys really quick yeah because so the emmys like you we said are in this sort of you get into this set area, which is like an Emmy zone, that if this Emmy spots you, you cannot leave the zone until mm. you like leave their field of influence. 
Yeah, and they they have like certain areas that they patrol. You mm-hmm. can you can leave them and they won't follow you. But once you're in clearly there, yeah, defined, clearly defined, clearly so you're defined. not getting trapped by anything. And I, this is this is very fun and exciting when they're sort of chasing you and you're running through and trying to figure out ways to dodge them. Because if they hit you once, it will trigger this very short little cutscene where you have like a split second to like time your X button press exactly right to try to knock them off you and escape. And if you fail to do that, they will just RoboCop style stick a drill right into your face. (laughs) And it's amazing. One thing I do appreciate is how quickly you die. Yeah. Like it's 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 so weird the first time. Like the first time one of these Emmys catches you and kills you, you're just like, what the hell happened? Right. It's like, that's unfair. It it just happens so fast. And you're to that black uh, continue screen, which I appreciate. But I do find that the Emmys move very quickly, which makes it more exciting. But sometimes when you're just trying to navigate and explore the environment and you're not sure where you're supposed to go, you have to go back and forth between these Emmy rooms. And I just found myself dying a lot. And it felt more like sort of an unnecessary impediment and a frustration. Hmm. Like if it was the, the point in the story where I'm battling the Emmy, I'm okay with it. But if it's just me trying to figure out where the heck I'm supposed to be going and I have to keep crossing through this room... I found it pretty annoying. Yeah. And I also don't think that the stealth mechanics with the Emmys are properly explained. Like, it's mm. not clear to me if the Emmy is can see me or if it's a sound thing. There, there's both because there, there's like a the, the Emmy usually has like a little field of vision. And right. once it spots you, then it starts picking up your footfalls, right? Like, they're kind of little echoes. Right. And as you go on, like, it, it it also becomes frustrating because some of the Emmys later in the game don't need to see you. They can hear you from like a screen mm-hmm. over. And so like they get more advanced in their tracking capabilities, which just means I, I guess I would have preferred them instead of making the Emmy always know where I am. I would rather they constrict the area I have to go around the Emmy mm. because it is kind of frustrating to walk straight in. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm being chased because I walked into the door and now the door is locked and I can't. So like, I can understand that. I wish that they would have uh, found a different workaround for that. But yeah, some of them can hear you. Some of them can see you. Some of them automatically know that you're there. I I think my one complaint with the Emmys is that I wish that uh, there were, I wish that there were seven very different looking mm-hmm. robots, like mm-hmm. Mega Man bosses or something. Like right. what we have here are like seven different Emmys that look pretty similar. Like there are some times where they mix it up, like the stage will be flooded, which can be very tense before you have your various suit or whatever it is you need to uh, walk through water. Uh, those sections get really intense, but you are still essentially fighting the same robot and it's the same kind of shape and the same kind of tactics yeah. that you'll take right. every time. it's the purple power ranger <laughs> emmy this totally. time instead of the green power it's totally ranger. totally yeah. like yeah i i would just like some big weird one like maybe there's a giant octopus one or maybe you know and maybe that's just more traditional like game design thinking but no uh, i i think that's a smart insight especially because i think my biggest problem with this game again this is a game i like i think it's very fun yeah. but um is that this is a hard like nothing quite stands out in a super memorable way here to me like everything kind of just mushes into like, like when you think about Super Metroid, you're like, yes, I remember when I was at Brainstar and the wrecked ship and Mm. Norfair, because all these places have very different vibes and identities. And even though like there are like six or seven different main areas of this planet that have very slightly different vibes, like none of the names really stand out. Mm. They're all like just kind of nonsense words that feel interchangeable. Um, Ishitar. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember Ishitar? Yeah. Elaine May like, movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's this particular style of graphics where, like, I don't have a problem, you, you know, that this game isn't the most advanced graphically, but I just find the environments not particularly interesting. Hmm. Um, and I think that part of that is the Emmys, too. Like, because they all look the same, it can be very difficult to get a handle on, like, the area that you're in and which Emmy you're fighting at this given time. So eventually, like, you escape from the Emmy and you fight this little, like, eyeball boss Mm -hmm. that um, once you defeat him, he'll imbue your laser beam with, like, ultra power. The Omega Blaster, which is just a... mm Super Saiyan. Basically, yeah. And then you need to, like, charge it up and time it out. These sections are really cool because it takes kind of like a sort of behind-the-shoulder 
viewpoint as it gets up behind you. Mm-hmm. This is where the game is at its most hand-bendy. Yeah, yeah. You need to, like, charge up with one button, and then you <laughs> aim with another button, and you're, like, very delicately trying to hit the Emmy in the eye as it walks slowly towards you. You need enough uh, room in between you to execute the shot, which sometimes requires right. some pretty lateral thinking. Like, for one, I was struggling with it over and over and over until I realized I need to lure him onto the ceiling mm-hmm. where you have a clear shot, let him crawl towards me on the ceiling and take him out that way. Yeah, it becomes kind of a, a puzzle-solving aspect, yeah. too, because you want to find the proper battleground to take on this Emmy. You can't just like walk out the door and start blasting away. You need to evade him long enough to get to a nice, clear plane. Yeah, and that, that, that moment is very satisfying, like it, it, after this thing that has been terrorizing you and killing you one th- hit to just like unload this giant, super-powered beam into its face. Yeah. Um, feels good. But I, yeah, just what Steve said, like you just kind of do it seven times and it feels the same each time. Like the boss that you get this super powered energy from is always the same. Mm. And the process of fight, you know, where you shoot the Emmy is also always the same. And look, like mm-hmm. from a logistical standpoint, it makes sense. Manufacturing, you're not going to like, you know, spend all the money to design seven different highly complex no, robots. Unless you're a Dr. Light type. Exactly, exactly. And these are like specifically designed for one format. I do want to double back and uh, lavish some praise on the old spike to the face. I think that's really cool. Uh, I think yeah. the mechanic of blocking it, like where you get a very slim chance, the timing is different every single time. You, mm-hmm. It's just pure reflex. So you can't like learn it and game it out you just need to like kind of hope and pray and get lucky and you can't just randomly jam on your block button because you'll you'll use your block and you'll miss but like it is very hard very hard you it it is possible and you will do it you know a couple Mm -hmm. times throughout your playthrough and every time you'll be like holy shit i just did it you know like you'll be surprised every time and then you know you escape but it is so always so fun because you'll you'll stun them for just a second then you could do a slide between their legs to run away and that you you feel so badass when you pull that. I like off. the way the game tells mm-hmm. you that that like this is really hard and it's a desperate last resort. Yeah, don't as count opposed, on this. Then you don't feel like a doofus that you're not getting it. Yeah, you're yeah. just like right. you feel awesome when you do get it. Right. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Like, and more games should be upfront about that. Like, okay, this part really hard. You're not expected to get this right right away. Yeah. You know, don't feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Just feel lucky that it happens. And so yeah, you just kind of spend your time navigating through this planet getting your new abilities and um destroying these emmys along the way and i think that this is just a it's cool that they're able to still know how metroid works and know what works about it and not lose sight of any of that because this is a really successful game in doing what metroid does well like Mm. there's a, a good i think you spend the exact right amount of time in this game being lost which is something that is often not a huge part of the more current Metroid games. Yeah. Like, there's often things that will tell you right where you need to go. Um, and once you've... Right, the hand Yeah, once you measures, figure it out, yeah. it becomes pretty obvious. And here, there's some fairly, like, devious sections where to actually advance through the main story, you have to do a thing like space jump horizontally in the water. Yeah. Which is not like a thing that your brain would go to immediately. No. You can't actually gain mm-hmm. height with it in the water. Yeah. You can do like little hops to like get across at a very uh, uh, fixed level, yeah. like under the surface of the water, but it, it takes some, it takes some timing. It takes some skill. And that felt true to the things that were in like <laughs> the original Metroid had just some like, super bizarre areas where you're like, okay, I have no idea where to go and I'm totally stuck. And you're like, oh, you need to bomb this one bubble in Norfair <laughs> on the corner and then you'll proceed to the whole rest <laughs> of the game. Sure. And, and like that is obviously a pretty sil- over-the-top silly way to do it. Yeah, right? that's that's hold the jewel, play the flute, face the wall in yeah. Castlevania 3. You know? like, yeah. the <laughs> Super Metroid has one as well where like, you have to destroy a wall, but this wall randomly can't be seen with X-ray vision. Yeah, it's the only one that can't you can't see with the little yeah. visor. And boy, I was that and the shine yeah. spark when when it teaches you to shine spark. I was stuck there for maybe yeah half oh, an yeah. hour. I was like, what am I and supposed I, I to do? I didn't feel like there were any moments. Like I think there are some tricky moments here, but most of them are like to get an energy tank. Yeah, I don't feel like anything is like right. you need to do all of this obscure thing to advance the story. And there is also um, these stations where this robot voice will talk to you and tell you kind of where you need to go and your next step, but they don't come up too often. I I think it's weird that they give this robot a robot voice. Like, I don't yeah. know why 
they do mm-hmm. that. It's like the the text to speech voice of like well because yeah, it, it is called Adam right. Right, and wasn't Adam a person? Yeah, th- this is where all the mythology gets complicated. So Adam was introduced in Fusion as like the voice of her computer that she named after her former commanding officer, Who and we then saw in person in other M. In other M, where it's implied that there might have been like an inappropriate romantic relationship between the two of them. I'm putting on the inappropriate. That HR was trying to HR was trying to yeah. cut off, and it just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, he is her superior officer. It's inappropriate. Mostly, it just comes off as kind of weird and not that fun, and not something you're very interested in with Samus. Well, and with with like. other M, it was something that like we don't want to see. Like Samus Aran is one of the great like characters of video games, and especially like as a female character, which there there weren't hardly any when she was created, and there still really aren't even that many, and. Uh, the, the introduction of Adam kind of made her boy crazy in a way that's, like, really not yeah. uh, in keeping with her character and not really, uh, you know, like, I, I'm not saying there's not room for, like, romantic subplots right. in the Metroid universe. I just think the way they handled it there where she's, like, a moony teenager just didn't work at all. Yeah, and I think that this works. Like, they find, they give her some dialogue here. They show her kind of compassion and, you know, interest in the world here, but not enough that you sort of, I think that she occupies a pretty similar space as like a female master chief. Sure. Of like, this person mm-hmm. seems cool and interesting, but mostly what's cool about them is they're mysterious. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to know a lot yeah. about them. You don't need to know their circle of friends or their, like, she operates wonderfully solo as just a solo badass yeah. on a planet discovering what's going on. You know, and it's, you know, she's faceless too and you can kind of project yourself into the the, the avatar, you know, a little to a degree and kind of uh, uh, like embrace the experience that way. You know, uh, I don't know, I would like thinking back on my playthrough now, I don't know how often I used stealth, like really even at all. Like you do have that phantom cloak. I used it to get through doors when you had to, but like when I was facing Emmys and everything, like my strategy was always to run. I don't know. Did you either of you use stealth more than I did? I was just on my first playthrough. I think I did a lot more. I would use the stealth and then I would like curl into sometimes they'll have a little hole in the wall that you can go in your morph mm. ball and be stealthy. And it'll the first time I think I used stealth a lot more this time. No, I, I was able to run. I was usually able to navigate around the Emmy. I, you know, obviously if I got caught five seconds, I'm dead. I try it again. It, it wasn't that big of a deal, but yeah, I would not say that this is a very stealth emphasized game. No. Right. And I think that's what I was complaining about earlier. It just becomes a little confusing. Like I think the strategy the game wants you is to run away from the Emmy because occasionally they would lock onto me and then I would be like, okay, I'm going to go invisible. I'm going to hide in this corner. And then they would still just chase me and kill me. And I'm like, oh, once right. they locked on, the only thing I can do is run far enough away for them to lose sight and then go invisible. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there are just a couple elements here that could have been, I don't want to say trimmed because I don't have a problem with them, but they just add a level of complexity that isn't really necessary. Yeah. And I, I would also say I don't think that the um, Emmy portions are scary. Yeah, that's a good observation. In a way, you know? Like like we were talking about the tone. I don't find this as scary as I find Super Metroid mm. or Fusion. Well, especially because it's I don't called know if... Metroid Dread. Like, yeah. you think that's what they're putting at the right. forefront. Right, right. And, and it's this scary red font, and, you know, on a dark background. It Sometimes it's anxiety-producing. Mm-hmm. You know, it puts uh, a pressure on you, a stress on you that's fun when you're running away from, you know, these Emmys, but there's not a sense of fear or, like, you know, what's around the next corner. Not, it's not scary. And I think that might be what Steve was talking about earlier. Like, if the Emmys had a more varied design and you didn't necessarily... Because, like, once you see two Emmys, you're like, okay, now I know what I'm up against every yeah. time. Where if there was an Emmy that had, like weird long arms that came through the vent or shot like you know leaked acid down on you and it's sort of octopus emmy sounded terrifying if you kind of reveal those things each time so each time you go in a new area you're like i don't know what the emmy that i'm gonna fight is gonna Mm -hmm. look like yeah um that would sort of add to that a little bit one thing that i think uh that i like about this game is this game's hard even though i was frustrated by dying to the emmys because like i couldn't get my handle on the mechanics I found the boss fights to be challenging in a fun way. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they take a lot of missiles. There's a lot of steps to them. And if enemies hit you, it will, like, deal like a whole energy tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. They'll, they'll really kind of lay into you. And you need to, uh, you're going to need to redo a lot of these fight scenes. There's very, but, like, like, precise moments where you deal them enough damage and then they'll sort of bite at you and you have to counter it to trigger this cut scene to, like, just unload missiles into them. And if you miss that timing one time, like, you have to start all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that's another other aspect where i feel like this is true to the older metroids where yes you are gonna die sometimes um but not but in a way that feels okay because they still start you at a perfectly reasonable Mm -hmm. spot you don't like lose a ton of progress and they do a good job of not making any of the uh at least the after death loads too long even though some of the uh elevator or teleporter rides from place to place tend to be pretty long to cover the loading yeah that's another um i guess gripe that i have with this game i feel like uh super metroid changing from one area of the map to another was a bit more seamless Mm -hmm. like these do feel like distinct chunks or levels instead of one cohesive world because if i want to go somewhere well i have to sit through you know a teleporter animation or a train animation and again i know it's for loading purposes i know they they can't just have the seamless world that i want but i feel like it was handled better in super metroid i felt like i could go from one corner of the map to the other without hopping on seven trains i mean and that's probably because if you were to compare the size of the worlds right next to each other super metroid is probably like a, a tenth is big. Right, a quarter, um, yeah. It, and, like, the teleporters are another thing that, like, I think are a little wonky because this the game has, like, a really excellent map system. Yeah. I think that's one of the mm-hmm. highlight, like, one of the best things that this does to update Metroid is the map system is very user-friendly, mm. very clear on what items are where. Um, and you can start you, setting waypoints, Yeah, too. you can set colored waypoints. Right. It'll tell you if you've gotten something or not. You know exactly where you've been in a mm-hmm. room instead of just like I've been to that room. Oh, I know I haven't been in the top right corner or the top left. Like there are still places to yeah. explore. And I think that works really well. But sometimes the teleporter aspect of that is really wonky because I couldn't find like if you see a blue teleporter on your map, it won't tell you where the other blue teleporter is that it switches you to. <laughs> yeah. Like, Great. Now I have to search through all six of these worlds to figure out which one has the blue teleporter. And that's where I ran into most of my, like, uh, progression snags. It's like kind of there's a midway point in the game. Like, I think most people hit this whenever they play Metroid, where, like you said, you're going to get lost. You're going to be exploring a little bit. And some of these teleporters are necessary to advance, and it can be a little difficult finding your way to it. This is also one of those games that has, like, that map fog where like you can you can kind of fill in every little pixel with like a slightly lighter right. gray, and to my obsessive compulsive mind, like I I could not leave them. Like I was going back and like trying to get that one little black you, pixel in the you corner. You space jump into the yes, corner. Yes, yeah. and it's something I it, I don't feel good about it and, and about that about uh, myself that I do that. But uh, it, the game was kind of encouraging my uh, tendencies there. But, like, yeah, I, I think, I, I do agree. I think mostly the map is, like, really strong. But, yeah, the teleporters are a little bit of a hassle. And, mm-hmm. and like, I, th- this is the part that I am curious about. Because I think that this is a great game, and I think it's very true to what you want from Metroid. But also, I think Nintendo is in a weird spot with Metroid because they've essentially found what works in Super Metroid, and the good Metroid games just kind of do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, my, my criticism for this game is that it doesn't really do anything that new and exciting, but at the same time, like, I just kind of want more Metroid. Yeah. Uh, right. So I don't know, I guess we haven't had enough Metroid games. Like, at some point, we got enough Zelda games, yeah. and it was at Skyward Sword, as mm-hmm. we've discovered. That was right. Um, yeah, right. And then yeah, they're like, was... okay, we've had, and I think now we've had enough Pokemon games. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we got to do something different. And Nintendo is very resistant to doing something different. And I guess I'm... Do you guys feel like we've gotten enough 2D Metroid games? Or do you just want this game for as long as you're alive? I I kind of think I, I think they might have done the Metroidvania thing. Like, I think they might have done the 2D thing at this point. Like, 3D, uh, the, the Prime games are really excellent, and there are only three of those. Yes. Like, I would like to see where that goes. But also, right. like, if you think about what the Switch's, like, 
gimmick is and what the thing like this thing that kind of sets it apart it doesn't necessarily have one it's just kind of like a solid all-around system like so you don't need to mess with motion controls you don't need to mess with any kind of gimmicky stuff so that has tended to be the way that nintendo innovates with their established franchises they'll just see okay what's our wacky new control scheme how are we going to make it work with this franchise Mm -hmm. And so I think they need to move out of that a little bit now that um, the Switch is kind of the dominant system. Because really what it's doing is reintroducing a lot of series to a lot of people and uh, mm-hmm. kind of getting you back up to speed on games that you may not have fallen out of. So this can act as kind of like a, hey, remember Metroid? It's still really good. Yeah. And now maybe it's time to segue to the new thing. And where I feel like they tried to branch out is those Emmy sections, is those, you know, powerless... I, I can't fight this thing. I, I, you know, I just have to yeah. run, but it's still Metroid. You're still using all of the same basic movements, attacks, everything that is Metroid. You're just doing it to run away from a robot. Yep. And so as experimental as that is, you're right. It's just another 2d Metroid. I, I love yeah. it, yeah. but you're right. Like if, if there was another, if there was Metroid dread true or, you know, whatever, like 60 bucks is a hard sell for an eight hour yeah. game an eight hour 2d game just like that i i love this game like you said i think i think this game is amazing and i think it was worth the price but if they were to do it again it would feel a little that's just always the odd thing that i think about in in like the difficult part that you know it's easy in our to poo poo like oh there's everything is a sequel there's people have no new ideas Mm. but like it's hard to make a sequel because it's hard to be like how do we it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation because it's like how do we take the things that people care about this franchise and that makes it special to them but also not have people just whine about how it's the same thing every time and right. nintendo definitely leans more on it's the same thing every time yeah yeah but right. like i i do feel like at this point like if i want a 2d metroid game there is now enough 2d metroid games that i can just replay any of them mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling like I need a new experience. And especially mm-hmm. because the Metroid games, another thing this game does well is they're always very replayable. Yeah. Um, you can find right. ways to sequence break. You can, um, just, you know, you can speed run through it and you get, I, it is kind of lame that I think your only reward in this game for beating it at high speeds. And um, like there, there's a harder difficulty um, are like still art images which they they got to do. Give better. me that sweet sweet concept art. Yeah. Love it every single time. It's never uh, never a bad idea. Yeah, Steve beat this game eight times to get all that sweet concept. Oh art. man, there's this one. It's like a pencil image of a of a bug. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was like, totally worth by twelve hours. Totally great. You, you you framed your switch and put it yeah, on the wall after you got new, that one. Like, yep. I'm retiring this. this one. I'm framing this as <laughs> is, plugging it into the wall. Yeah, and there is, I admit, as like a longtime Metroid fanboy who still considers Super Metroid my favorite game of all time, like there is still a part of me it's like, ooh, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. Like just just keep giving me what has worked traditionally. You know, there is that little glimmer, but like I think mostly I would want to see something new. Um, I don't know what form I would and want it to take necessarily, but I, I would want to see something new. I also think of um, sometimes, especially if you try something new, when it first releases, you will get a bad rep. You think about yep. Majora's yeah. Mask and Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Both of those kind of when they were released, you know, people were like, "What? what is this? This isn't, you know, this isn't the seven temple yeah. Zelda right. that I know. And why, why does he look like a cartoon? And then you have to wait 15 years for people to be like, oh, that was really yeah. good. I'm happy that they switched it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone's going to come around. I mean, we're probably 15. We are 15 years since uh, Other M at this point, and no one's really come back around on that one, which was the biggest deviation mm-hmm. from the Metroid formula, I think, since Prime. But uh, I don't think that's the way to go. Yeah. But there are <laughs> way. I think this, this series is flexible like i think you can work with it and because we know so little about this character and about this world we have license to elaborate on it well i think that they should just crank it to 100 (laughs) percent on other m and make it a dating simulator (laughs) a samus dating simulator and all of your boyfriends are pigeons yes let's do it let's do it Pigeons and chosos. Yep, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's again, I, and I think that this also gets kind of a pass for a couple. One, because it's a good game. Yeah. And two, because it has been, a, even with counting Samus Returns, which was also a fun game, mm-hmm. it has been quite a few years since you just had a straight-up Metroid game. And I right. think 
hopefully when Metroid Prime 4 comes out and hopefully is the greatest game ever made yeah. because it's inexcusable <laughs> if it is not. At this point, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> then there will be more of sort of... A, I think it would be cool to have them get into a groove of every three to five years be like, all right, now you got a 2D Metroid. Yeah. Now you got a 3D Metroid and it's... You know, to find new things to do with that every time. I mean, we better have a fourth dimension by 2025. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, it's just odd, though, for like, you know, all the ty- talking that we did about the Metroid series um, starting all the way back in the, you know, mid 80s. This game is just not very different from the from the NES Metroid. It's crazy. Like, I mean, it's it's a mm-hmm. testament to how well the formula has worked for so long yeah. and like what a cool thing that they stumbled on with that original game. But yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of DNA with that original because, 1986 yeah, Metroid. You compare the first Mortal Kombat to Mortal Kombat 11, it, aside from being able to maybe recognize a couple character designs, it feels Pretty, like a whole different it's completely piece of different, media. Yeah. yeah, Like, you're like, ah, oh, these aren't even... And like this, you're like, oh, yeah, I see how that grew into this, you know, 30 years later. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, that's great. Do we have anything, any final thoughts on Metroid Dread? Uh, just a hearty recommend. Yeah. I, th- I think this game is great. I know that it's a steep price and you get, you know... But like you said, replayability is there and you're going to have a good time and- with it. You, you, Nintendo games don't go on sale often, but this strikes me as one that you could probably find for forty bucks yeah. and have, have a. I mean, like you said, it's it's a spicy meatball at sixty, yeah, um, and it's it's even <laughs> spicier at forty, yeah. Um, so if you if you can find that, it's a weird thing. Like, isn't it? Do you guys think? It, do you think it's weird that all video games cost the same amount? Like most that most, most game is sixty dollars, yeah. even though like. The amount of budget in some games is just so vastly exceeds other games, or the amount of and the con- experience you get, yeah, yeah the amount yeah. of content. And like, I really like smaller game, more linear games as a thing, but I also think it's weird that Metroid Dread costs the same amount as Elden Ring. Yeah, like yeah. when it's yeah. just like these are, or or the same as Hollow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, well, no, no Hollow Knight's cheaper. Hollow Knight's right. much yeah. cheaper. I feel like there's more game there. Again, I'm a big Hollow Knight fan. You know, Hollow Knight's what, um, like a $20 game, right? Yeah. 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 So it, it is odd. Like, is that would there ever be a place for like Nintendo to be like, hey, we're going to retail this game at, you know, 35, 40 bucks. Yeah. And I mean, this game sold very well at 60. So I guess what's the incentive for Nintendo <laughs> to do that? But that, that's the problem is first party Nintendo games, they know yeah. they can sell them at 60. And I'm going to yeah. buy yeah. them. <laughs> it's me. I'm the yeah, problem. No, that's I mean, okay. Well, if they keep making them this good, then it's not that bad of a problem to have. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I will say, for a lot of people out there, this is probably their first Metroid game or their first Metroid game in a long time. So yeah. I'm excited that people are getting to experience the series with this one. I think this is an excellent entry. It's a great entry point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And since your Switch is already powered up, uh, why don't you head online, download Super Metroid, try that one out, see what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, Both of them spicy meatballs. Super spicy Mamma Mia. Well, Joshua, thank you so, so much for being here with us and for selecting this awesome game. Uh, this, this is really helping to scratch that itch of, uh, of completionism uh, for <laughs> yeah, me. Which, so, which we're all mm-hmm. about. Thank you. Really thank you for the thread of Steve's and I's podcast. <laughs> pretty so. much. Thank you for giving us the excuse <laughs> to close out this series. Oh, where would you, where would you guys, uh, speaking of closing out the series, where would you guys rank oh, this on, uh, on your Metroid list? Oh, like, boy. If you, um, I think for me... Um, I mean, I can't. I you don't pull the list off the top of my head, but I yeah. remember my big ones are uh, Super Metroid and Zero Zero Mission. Yeah, I, those I like are my big lo- two. Are, 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 certainly from the two D mm-hmm. perspective, and I think I would put this ahead of uh, Fusion wherever wherever. I think this is a better game than Fusion because yeah. it's less hand holdy, mm-hmm. um, and I like it more than the three D one. So that probably puts it like third or fourth somewhere on the metroid list yeah so, mid, like, mid-pack yeah. like i i uh for me I, I mean for 2d yeah it's definitely up there i think i put it slightly below some of the prime games mm-hmm. but this would be like high middle of the pack for me i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. i so obviously i don't have the same list sure. that you two do <laughs> but you know i've i've played the the prime games and i do like the 2d metroids just a little bit better for their brevity and i feel like you know i, I really enjoy how they play I would say Super Metroid better mm-hmm. game. Um, ah, zero. Mi- I'd probably put it right there with Zero yeah. Mission, right underneath it. That's yeah. a good spot for and it. F- the fusion right underneath that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And those, I so. mean, they're all they're all great games. And yeah. I, th- there's there's occasional things which is just there are some games that like 
just have a, a strike of lightning that yeah. occurs, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the particular franchise or whatever. You're just like, wow, something really went right there. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably only about 200, 300 games in existence that are, are that. Yeah. Super Metroid is right. definitely one of them. So I don't For think sure. you can hold, hold that against Dread that it's not no. quite a Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Well, thank you again, Joshua. Uh, do you have any plugs, anything you'd want to direct people towards? Yeah, come visit uh, Joshua's uh, new Italian restaurant. <laughs> it's called the Spicy Meatball. <laughs> it's a spicy metaroid. Uh, Brinstar, yeah, Brinstar, the Italian restaurant. Um, no, I, I, I just like to, you know, obviously plug the Patreon. Uh, hundreds of episodes there. They're wonderful. So and start with that Metroid series. If you haven't done it, pay five bucks, start that Metroid series, and then finish off with this episode. Well, I guess you've already <laughs> Yeah, you know. Episode, hey. But listen yeah, to yeah, it yeah. again. You'll, you, you'll have a, a much better understanding. We'll get a full but, picture, yeah. Mm-hmm, I, all of the series on the Patreon are just incredible. Oh. Even going back to some of those, what, like... N64 Game Boy Oof. games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I shrunk some the N64. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want some terrible reviews, check those out. But yeah, no, check out the Patreon. Oh, and again, thank you for letting me be here. Oh. I, I, I love doing no, this we, with we, you guys, and I, I'm happy that we got this yeah, game. No, we, we, totally well, a pleasure. We, we love having you. Thanks so much for coming by. Uh, folks, we will see you all next time. Check out Metroid Dread wherever you get your Metroids, <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.